If I were to ask everyone who the Holy Spirit is, I would get a variety of answers. Some would say, holy who? Some would say, holy what? Some would say, holy ghost. Some would say, holy moly. What are you about to talk about today? And the Bible says this in Acts chapter 19, verse number 1. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And a lot of people find themselves in this same place today. They have not heard about the Holy Spirit, or they haven't heard very much about the Holy Spirit, or there are people that have been misinformed about the Holy Spirit. You see, for centuries, the Holy Spirit has been either ignored, debated, misunderstood, or even lied about. People have lied on the Holy Spirit. If you're like me and you've been in church for quite some time, you have seen people blame the Holy Spirit for their weird behavior. Who knows what I'm talking about? And the Holy Spirit, people think the Holy Spirit's weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. And then they blame the Holy Spirit. When I was in college, it was either my sophomore or junior year in college and uh, I was on fire for God. I, got, I got, gave my life to Christ my senior year, so I was fairly new to faith and growing in my, in my faith and relationship with God. And, and they told me, they said, hey, Coop, man, da- down by the cafeteria, there is this you know, one of the students who's in a trance, and God is using him to speak to all the other students on campus. And what was really weird was it's like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Can't your brother let the Holy Ghost use him earlier in the day? So, okay, 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 I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. So I went down there and walking towards the cafeteria. And it's dark. You know, it's, they said, well, you got to go in this hallway. Oh, in the hallway. Oh, okay. In the hallway. Hey, listen, I get scared easier. Herbert Cooper doesn't do scared. I don't do scary movies. I don't want to go to no haunted houses. Don't be jumping out talking about boo at me. I, will, I might hit you. No, I don't do scared. I don't, I don't do scared. So I'm, I'm in this hallway, and this, this brother laying on the ground. He's talking about he's in a trance by the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues, prophesying, moving. I was looking at that brother. I was like, man, that is weird. And, um, and, and I, was, I, I thought, man, I was new to faith. I thought, I don't know if I want any more of the Holy Spirit. I got scared of, if that's what the Holy Spirit does, I don't know if I want to be laid on my back in a trance in the middle of a hallway. If that's what the Holy Spirit does, I don't know if I want any more of the Holy Spirit. And what happens to so many people is they have learned myths about the Holy Spirit, and now they don't even desire to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because they've been misinformed and they think the Holy Spirit is weird. People do not lean into the blessings and the benefits of the person of the Holy Spirit. And what I want to do today and over the next couple of weeks is I want to give you a biblical 
and a healthy view of who the Holy Spirit is by dispelling some myths about the Holy Spirit. Here's my goal. I want you, I don't want you to be like I was my sophomore and junior year of college when I was leaning away from the Holy Spirit because I didn't understand. That was weird. I want to teach you so that you're leaning in to the person of the Holy Spirit and experience all of the blessings and all of the benefits from knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you three myths about the Holy Spirit today. Three myths about the Holy Spirit. Number one is this. The Holy Spirit it's junior varsity, junior varsity. When I was growing up in Little Weewoka, Oklahoma, my sophomore year, I got to play a little bit on the varsity, but primarily on junior varsity. I was, I was really kind of JV, but, but did get to play some on, on the varsity, but, but JV was kind of ruling my life. But, but, but junior year in high school, I started on the varsity football team for the Wewoka Tigers. Oh, this is it. This is the real Wewoka Tiger right here. I, you want to touch it, don't you? Get some of that Wewoka glory on you. This is it. Number 30, Herb W. E-W-O-K-A, and something transformed about me. On Friday nights, when I would go into the school and walk around the community with my jersey on, and in the fall, wear my letterman's jacket, I was now varsity. I've graduated from JV to varsity. And sometimes people have this thought that God the Father, is he's on the varsity team, and, and God the Son, Jesus Christ, is on the varsity team. But God the Holy Spirit, he's, he's JV. He's kind of the lesser part of God. I mean, he, he, he's the JV version of God. And this is a myth that causes people to think that they don't need to get to know the Holy Spirit. I mean, I want to get to know Jesus. I want to get to know the Father, but, but they don't get to know the Holy Spirit. And this myth could not be further from the truth. The Holy Spirit is not a lesser version of God. The Holy Spirit is not a JV version of God. The Holy Spirit is God. Acts chapter 5, verse 3 through 4 says, Then Peter said to Ananias, How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? Catch that, lied to the Holy Spirit, and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for, for the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? After it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal. What made you think of doing such a thing? Catch this. You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. Peter clearly states that the Holy Spirit is God. He's not a lesser important part of God. He's not a JV version of God. He said you lied to the Holy Spirit. You lied to God. The Holy Spirit is is God. I want to lay some foundation today. I want to lay some theology today. All throughout the Bible, it's clear that the Holy Spirit is God himself because the Holy Spirit has all the attributes of God. Let me give you some of those attributes today. I'm not going to give you the entire list of attributes of God, but just some so that you can see that the Holy Spirit is God himself. This first one is the Holy Spirit is eternal. It's an attribute. 
of God. He's eternal. That means that there was, a time, there was never a time that the Holy Spirit was not. He's always been. The, the, the Holy Spirit always was and always will be. He's eternal. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14. How much more then will the blood of Christ who through, notice this, the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God. He's eternal. The Holy Spirit is all powerful. The Holy Spirit is how a virgin named Mary got pregnant with Jesus Christ. It was impossible for a virgin in that day to get pregnant. It was impossible, but not with the power of the Holy Spirit. The scripture says in Luke chapter 1 verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The power of the Holy Spirit is how Virgin Mary got pregnant. The power of the Holy Spirit is how a dead Jesus rose from the grave on the third day. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It was the Holy Spirit. He's, he's powerful, all powerful. He raised Jesus from the dead, now lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. Attributes of God. Psalm chapter 139 verse 7, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall, shall I flee from your presence? You can't. Because God the Holy Spirit is everywhere. Holy Spirit is omniscient. He's, he's all-knowing. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man, which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of of God. He's all-knowing. Holy Spirit is creator. The Holy Spirit was a vital part of creating the heavens, the earth, the animals, human beings. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God, notice the Spirit of God was there. At creation, the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. The Holy Spirit was a part of creating the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1 goes on to say, verse 26, then God said, let us. Come on, everybody shout, let us. That's really interesting terminology. Let us, plural, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Let us. Us, the entire Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, was a part of creation. Job said it like this in Job 33, verse 4. For the Spirit of God has made me. The Holy Spirit has made me. And the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Job said the Holy Spirit made me. The Holy Spirit has the attributes of God because the Holy Spirit is God. There's one God who exist in three persons. We call that the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, 
God the Holy Spirit, one God who exists in three persons. They're all God. They're all equal, but they all have different functions. And you see this all throughout the scripture that there's one God who exists in three persons. Let me just show this to you. I'm a Bible preacher. And the scripture says this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God who exists in three persons. Luke chapter 3, verse 22. And the Holy Spirit descended on him, talking about Jesus. Have the Holy Spirit coming from heaven, descending on Jesus in bodily form like a dove. And in a voice, I mean, you see the Trinity in this one portion of Scripture. And a voice came from heaven, which is God the Father. You are my Son, whom I love with you I am well pleased. John chapter 15 verse 26. When the advocate comes talking about the Holy Spirit Jesus says whom I will send I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to send back the advocate the Holy Spirit to the earth to you from the Father. The Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father who will testify about me Jesus the Trinity. Acts chapter 2 and verse 33. Exalted to the right hand of God so God the Son is sitting next to the right hand of God the Father he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 how God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth the Son with the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit of God and power and how he went out around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with, the, with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Somebody say, teach, pastor, teach. I want to get it in you. I want to get it in you. I want to teach you the word of God about the person of the Holy Spirit over and over and over in Scripture. We see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God who exists in three persons. They're all equal. They're all God. There's no junior varsity. The Holy Spirit's not little God. He is God. And you need to lean into the person of the Holy Spirit. Let me visualize this, visualize this for you right here. So there's one God. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. There's one God that exists in three persons. The Holy Spirit is God. Here's a second myth I want to dispel today, and that is the Holy Spirit is scary and weird. People feel comfortable with praying to the Father. People feel comfortable inviting Jesus into their life and making Jesus the Lord of their life. But there are people who can get nervous, they get uncomfortable, they get freaked out by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit oftentimes can get a bad rap. The Holy Spirit can have this bad reputation in the church. It's like that one guy who at college was saying he was in a trance. He was saying, the Holy Spirit is just uncontrollable. Has me laying in this hallway uncontrollably, in a trance uncontrollably, speaking in tongues uncontrollably, prophesying uncontrollably. I just, I just can't help. I just, it's uncontrollable. And he was making 
the Holy Spirit weird. And I was scared. I was, I was nervous. And, and some of you today are not pursuing a relationship with God, the Holy Spirit, because of things that you've seen and things that you've experienced. You've seen, you know, some of you are like me. I, I've seen people that have said, the Holy Spirit uncontrollably, he just makes me laugh. He just, it's uncontrollable. He just, the Holy Spirit is uncontrollable. He just makes me run. I just got, I can't help it. It's uncontrollable. I just got to shout. I just got to speak in tongues. It's uncontrollable. It's, I, I got to crawl. It's just uncontrollable. Well, if that's you, let me know that. Let, please sure let me know because I don't ever want to ride in a car with you. Because, I mean, you just don't know. It might hit you. And it's uncontrollable. It's a myth. The Holy Spirit doesn't take control of people's bodies and make them do weird things. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we always teach the Bible here at People's Church. Verse number 32 and verse 33 says this. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. The spirit is subject to the prophet, to the person. In other words, the Holy Spirit doesn't take control of somebody's body and just make them shout. He doesn't just make them dance or, or just make them run or just make them speak in tongues. Or, you know, the Holy Spirit does not do anything that you don't want to do. Understand this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a helper, not a possessor. I'm going to show this to you. The Holy Spirit is a helper, not a possessor. The Holy Spirit will not make you. He will guide you, not control you. John 14, verse 16. Let's look at God's word. And I will ask the Father, Jesus said, and he will give you another advocate. Notice this, the Holy Spirit, to help you and be with you forever. The Holy Spirit is here to help you out, not freak you out. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, in the same way the Spirit, notice this, helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. He helps you, not makes you. He leads you. He guides you, not forces you. Romans 8 verse 14 says this, for those who are led, he leads us, led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Holy Spirit leads you, he guides you. You actually have to surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit. He won't make you. The devil is the one who possesses people. The devil is the one who controls people. His evil spirits will possess people's lives. Let me show this to you. An example, Luke chapter 9, verse 38 and verse 39. He says, a man is in the crowd called out, teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit, an evil spirit, seizes him, and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It's uncontrollable. It's taking control of him. It's seizing him. It scarcely ever leaves him, and it's destroying him. Evil spirits possess and control people's lives, but the Holy Spirit leads and guides people's lives. Galatians chapter 5 verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. But 
I say let. Everybody shout let. Come on, let me get some people on, online right now. Just write the word let. Come on, five of you write let, let. So I say let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Here's the key. You actually have to let the Holy Spirit work in your life. You have to let the Holy Spirit guide your life. You have to let him. The Holy Spirit does not control you. The Holy Spirit guides you. He leads you. Some wonder this. Some have wondered. I wonder if the Holy Spirit made them speak in tongues in Acts chapter number 2, Pastor. I just wonder, did the Holy Spirit make them? Well, let's look at that. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Holy Spirit didn't make them speak in tongues. The, the disciples did the speaking. The Holy Spirit did the enabling. The Holy Spirit did the helping. The Holy Spirit gave the words. But they had to do the speaking. I've been a Christian for a long time. And I can tell you that I've got to know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not weird. He doesn't just make you do crazy things. You don't have to be scared of the Holy Spirit. I've been speaking in tongues since the age of 19 years old. I'm now 46, and I'm not weird. You don't ever see me go, oh, I can't, I can't help it. I just can't help it. No. You never see me. You know, I don't have to just shout and run around. No, no, no. The spirit is subject to the prophet. The spirit is subject to the person. And people get so weirded out by the Holy Spirit because people are weird. You need to lean in to the person of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God. And if you're scared of the Holy Spirit, you're scared of God. If you don't lean into the Holy Spirit, you're saying, I don't want to lean in to God. The Holy Spirit is God. He's not scary. He's not weird. That's a myth. Number three is this. There's a, there's a third myth that I want you to see. The Holy Spirit is an optional part of my faith. Is an optional part of my faith. People think the Holy Spirit is optional. And I, I see this all the time. People, they, they, they give their life to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of them. Their sins are forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm good. Pastor, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to heaven. I, my sins have been forgiven. I am good. And they never tap into the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. They never get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. They never really live a life of power and of victory with the person of the Holy Spirit. I, I like how the book of Acts puts it. I, I began the message with this verse. I want to revisit it now. Acts 19 verse 2. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That's my question for you today. Online, Midwest City, Northwest, Indianapolis, Mabel Bassett, would you lean in right now? And would you think about this? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? I'm not talking about salvation. 
At salvation, let me lay a little theology. At salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of every single Christian. So when somebody gives their life to Jesus, they, they profess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They're born again, the scripture talks about, or they're regenerated. They, they become a child of God. At that very moment, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of every Christian. But that's not the end. That's just the beginning. Giving your life to Jesus, that's not the end. That's the beginning. And so the question is, since you gave your life to Jesus, since you believed, have you received more and more of the Holy Spirit? Since you believed, have you been living a life full of the Holy Spirit? Have you been baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit? Are you led by the Spirit? One of the key reasons... So many people are not living a life of victory and sin's wearing them out and they don't have any freedom and they're living in bitterness as they never have gotten to know the person of the Holy Spirit. They never got filled and refilled and refilled with the person of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. They know God the Father. They know about Jesus Christ and they can tell you he died, he rose again. They know about Jesus, but they don't know the person of the Holy Spirit. And whenever you don't know the Holy Spirit, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle having victory and, and struggle overcoming sin and, and struggle living with power. Jesus said, listen, you, you need to receive the Holy Spirit for power to be a witness. you got to know the person of the Holy Spirit question for you are you trying to live for God are you trying to are you trying to walk in victory and overcome sin in your flesh or are you relying on the Holy Spirit Galatians chapter number three and verse three says this how foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the spirit why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort by your flesh after you gave your life to Jesus and received the Holy Spirit, why are you now trying to live for God by human effort? Why are you depending on your flesh instead of depending on the Holy Spirit? And today, I believe God sent me here on an assignment. And here's my assignment. Herbert, help my people to stop depending on their flesh so much and help them to start depending on my Holy Spirit. Help my people to quit leaning on their own understanding, on their own flesh, and help them to start leaning on the person and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want to give you really quickly three keys to becoming more dependent on the Holy Spirit. You want victory? You want power? You want to see Jesus work powerfully in and through your life? Three keys to becoming more dependent on the Holy Spirit. Number one is this. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is a person, not an it. That's why he can be grieved. You can't grieve an it, a thing, but the Holy Spirit's a person that you can grieve with whom you were sealed or, 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 on the day of redemption. How, how do we not grieve the Holy Spirit? Verse 31 tells us, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. And some of you are not getting to know the Holy Spirit because you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Whenever we decide we're not going to get rid of our sin, we want to hold on to our sin and hold on to our secrets. We don't want to confess them. We don't want to give them to God. We grieve the work of the Holy Spirit 
You see, God wants to move in your life. God wants to flood you with his Holy Spirit and with his presence. But when you decide, I'm going to hold on to my sin, I'm going to hold on to my stuff, you actually grieve the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. How do you become more dependent on the Holy Spirit? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Give God your sin. Confess your sin. Lean into God. Ask the Holy Spirit to flood you and to cleanse your heart, to renew your heart, to renew your mind. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Number two is this. Don't neglect the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 19 says, don't quench the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to work and move in your life. But you can actually quench the Holy Spirit by depending on your flesh. The word quench, to, to stifle, to hinder the work of the Holy Spirit. God wants to work in your life and you can hinder it. God wants to work in your life and you can stifle it. God wants to work in your life and you can quench his work. Don't depend on your flesh. Lean into God. Lean into the work of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit move in your life. Don't neglect the spirit and depend on your flesh. And so many Christians find themselves there. They neglect it. They're not even depending on the Holy Spirit. They just lean on their flesh. And they're quenching the Holy Spirit. Number three is this. Desire more of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Let me teach you God's word. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, people don't get drunk with one sip of wine. Most people don't get drunk with one glass of wine. People get drunk because they keep on drinking and drinking and drinking. And the Bible says don't keep drinking wine and get drunk on wine, but instead be filled. Get drunk, be continually filled with the person of the Holy Spirit. In other words, ask God to continually fill you with more of the Holy Spirit. Some people don't even realize this. The Bible says that, Pastor. Yes, when you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. But the scripture says be continually filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can live a life of power and a life of victory and some of you are not being filled to overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit you say well pastor how do I receive more of the Holy Spirit well Jesus said this to us in Luke chapter 11 verse 13 if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him it's so simple Today we're going to invite you to stand. Don't leave early. If you do, I'll be honest with you. What you're saying is, I really don't want more of the Holy Spirit. And I just know that can't be the case for your life. And you want more power. You want more victory. You cannot be a better husband, a better wife. You cannot be a better mom or a better dad or a better child. You, can't, you cannot be, have a better dating life on your own. You can't have a better life without the work of the Holy Spirit. I find myself desperate saying, God, feel me. I need you. Fill me with more of your presence. And all you have to do is ask God to fill you with more of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to pour his spirit out on your life. I'm going to ask at every single location, would you stand with me all around this place? Come on, would you stand with me at your campus? Would you stand? And right now, we're going to go after God. We're going to, I'm going to release the bands to sing and to lead us. Is there anybody that needs more of God? Anybody need more of the Holy Spirit? Is there, come on, anybody besides me that says, I need more of the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, I'm going to turn it over right now to all our campuses. Let's worship. Let's ask God to fill us with more of the Holy Spirit. More of your presence. Let us experience the glory.